You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. All right, we'll get into the word now. And for the benefit of those who weren't in service last week, we started a teaching series, Tad Emerge. That is our word for the year. God has said to us that we are emerging on all frontiers. We are emerging into new levels. We are emerging in every area of our lives so that what it is we have done, what it is we have experienced, uh, what it is we have tasted of, that we are experiencing greater dimensions and greater levels. Um, Who we are right now, we are becoming more and more and more. God's life is fully uh, manifesting in us as we evolve from one level into another level of glory. Amen. So we spoke about that last week, and the title of the message was My Way or the Highway, because we recognize that there's a way we can make plans um, and have, you know, this strategy for our lives. But ultimately, the highway is the way of the Father, where he has clearly articulated his plans for us, and we choose to go along with Um, his plans and the provisions that he has made, the provisions of redemption, provisions of salvation. Also this week, we started our fast, our 21-day fast. Anybody excited? Okay, so the people who responded are the people that are fasting. If you are not fasting, please join us this week. I want to invite you. It's been a refreshing journey. It's just 21 days, guys. And now we are what? We have done seven days. So how many more days do we have left? 14 days. You can do this only 14 days. Um, We also started studying this book, uh, Purpose Driven Life by Pastor Rick Warren. And today is day seven. It's been very interesting just starting the year reading this book as well because it ties into the word that God gave us, that this is our season of emergence. And to be able to emerge, one of the major areas you want to emerge is in the area of destiny fulfillment. It's in the area of understanding who you are, what God has created you for, and walking in his divinely ordained purposes. Okay? So this entire week, we've been studying it. We've been having discussions in in our teams, you know. Um... Today's message is that I can be more. Please help me tell someone you can be more. You can be more. You can be more. So I'm going to reference some of the things that we've studied in the course of the week. I remember the uh, day one was about, it was like a jolt, jolting, a reminder to someone that, look, this life is not about you. It is not about you at all. Just in case you, you mixed things up, just in case you got things twisted, it is not about you. The life you have been given has been entrusted into your hands. The life I have been given has been entrusted into my hands. So God expects, as the king over the life, that you would, you know, walk in the ordinances that he has enacted for your life. You would walk along the line of the script that he's written for you. And I know it's a really, if we're being real here, and I like to be real, it can be very tough. It can be very tough, especially when you see the direction the world is going in, you see what is popular, you see what is shiny, what is famous, you see what is, you know, what makes sense to to have, what makes sense, that career path that makes sense to tow, and so many other things. 
and then God is saying to you, but that is not the path. It is this path. And on this path, maybe you had started the journey and it was hard. It was tough. But we want to speak about the benefits of desiring to emerge and us telling ourselves, you telling you, I telling me that, look, there is more to my life than meets the eye. There is more to me than all the things that I've even experienced. There is more to me than my past. There is more to me than what people have said about me. Maybe even my parents, they've told me that I won't amount to much. They've questioned my identity. They've made me question my identity. In fact, one of the things that I loved that he said, I think in day one as well, is that there are no illegitimate children. Just in case you were had out of wedlock. Just in case, you know, your father never accepted you. There are no illegitimate children. Just in case you've been told a story of how they, you were planned to have been aborted, but you just refused to go. And you have, you know, internalized that story and you have built your life around that story. Almost a pity party type of victim mentality. Just in case that is you seated in the room or listening online. There are no illegitimate children because we see in the word that before you were formed, whether you were a mystic, whether you were deliberately planned for, before you were formed in your mother's womb, for as long as you came out of the womb of a woman, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. That is what God said. So that is what, um, from there we can infer that there are no illegitimate children. There can be legitimate parents, by the way, but there are no illegitimate children. So, if there's somebody seated in this room or listening online who has struggled with a sense of identity, who's dealt and struggled with low self-esteem just because of the circumstances of your birth, this is for you. That you are not illegitimate. You are dearly and deeply loved by God. And he took his time to create you. Whether your parents planned it or not, whether the people that conce conceived you, whether it was through sorrow, guesty, or whatever, you were planned for by God. And he sent you here on a purpose, not to occupy space, not to exist as matter, but to fulfill his divinely ordained purposes for your life. Amen. So our focus this morning is on the need to die to status quo and to embrace the idea that we are whatever God calls us. We are whatever God calls us. We are who he has called us to be. And it is so important that as we journey through this year, I mean, just haven't lived for a bit. I know there's quite a number of people who are older than me in this room. A lot of people are older than me. Demilade, Shola, you know, PFA, Dozia, Samuel is older than me. But just haven't lived a bit. The sheer amount of hopelessness that has pervaded our generation it's, it's amazing. Sometimes I sit with God and I'm just overwhelmed with these stories and these conversations. And I'm like, God, what is going on? And I don't know that it will get better. That's the truth. You see, because we as humans are trying to fill God ordained voids with non-God solutions. And that's where we miss it. 
We are trying to solve problems that only our maker can solve. We are trying to get direction that can only be provided from the person who has given us the life that we live. We're trying to do all of these things outside of him. And so what happens is we struggle and the struggle is real. And we become overwhelmed. We become disappointed, discouraged, hopeless. And it is increasing. But you and I, our responsibility as children of light is to shine the light through the lives that God has given us so that hope will per, per, what's the word now? permeate, yes. Hope will permeate our world and the places where God has placed us. That when we radiate with hope, when we radiate with light, people will catch the light. That our light, our joy, and our hope will be contagious enough to inspire hope in someone else in the name of Jesus. That is part of how we are emerging this year. And I hope somebody is excited about that. So, in John 12, 24 to 25, the message translation, it says, Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. It sprouts and it reproduces itself many times over. This scripture is one of the places where we see the multiplication protocol explained to us. That is, when you have a seed and you put it in the right soil. We spoke about this a few weeks ago. Once it is, a seed is planted in its right location and there are certain other um, conditions for growth that needs to happen with it, which we will get into it must reproduce itself. When we look at the scriptures in Genesis, in the creation story, where God would start to create the world, he would reference herbs, you know, that have fruits bearing or seed bearing potential in them. Trees that bear fruits with seeds in them. So everything, we can, we can safely infer that everything we need for life has already been created. Though not in its finished state, which is where you and I, God puts us to work. And we see that with the first man that he created and he will command him to till the earth. He will command him to take care of everything that has been created. The reproductive ability and this protocol that we see in seeds. First, I want to highlight to us that you and I, we are seeds. And I'll get to that in a bit, but we are seeds. So the seed is a carrier of potential and promise. It is not a grave, nor is it a memorial of what could have been. When you have a seed, and let's use this item to represent a seed, and you have a seed, and you put it here. Let's assume this is a bean seed. Yeah, just follow me. It's a bean seed placed on this pulpit or this lectern. Will it grow? If we call a 40-day fast for this bean seed, and we begin to speak to it where it is right now. And we pray. We organize prayer sessions here, morning and evening, just so that this bean seed will reproduce itself. Will that happen? It won't happen. Why not? 
because it's not in the right location. Thank you very much. It's not in the right location, in addition to other conditions, which, like I said earlier, we will get into. So there is a seed within a seed, and we rarely receive things from God in a finished state. Somebody needs to hold on to that. We rarely receive things from God in a finished state. Because while preparing for this, I just had a sense. Yeah, I don't know if the person is in the room, but just a feeling that you are so angry with God right now. And you are very angry with him because you expect, your expectations have not been met. And so a lot of things that have not worked out in your life, you have packed the blame at the foot of God. And you and him are on, on the matter. Not, well, you are not speaking to him. But this is for you. Things don't come in a finished state. Everything you need has been provided. It's complete, but it's not finished. And I know somebody might be wondering what's the difference between complete and finished, okay? Now, when God will create these seeds or create the herbs and create the trees and put in this potential in them, the expectation was that man would till, would do some work, they would produce, and you will take the seeds produced from the fruit, and you will plant and all. That is why God did not set up the world. I mean, Eden was complete. Eden was perfect. Everything man needed was in there. But potentially, everything we needed to create the world, the universe as it is now, already existed from the foundations. Some things God spoke into being. And when it was man's turn, he created man. And he put in man the co-creative ability so that man can also go ahead and create. So some, certain things are missing in our lives right now because we have not taken the time to engage with the seed that has been placed in us by the breath of the Holy Spirit to be able to produce these things that are missing. So one of my prayers for us this morning is we would enjoy wisdom and light this year to be able to create in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, there are seeds within your seed which are only released when your seed is planted in the right location and it becomes fruitful. When your seed is planted in the right location, then certain things will come up. So I, I, I took out time to watch a very short video on how a seed grows. So, you know, we only see what happens on top. We really never see what happens underneath, right? Except you're in, I don't know, you're a farmer or you're in a Greek and you've really taken out time to plant and I don't know. But you hardly ever see because it's surrounded by soil. You know, but this video just attempted to show us what happens. You know, and with every seed, again, just as we said, there's a potential and there's a promise. So when that scripture says, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. So the seed, I think it was a bean seed, yes. They showed us how it would open up and there are things, I do not remember the names of those things, so don't even ask me. But there's some L-O-N ending terms that they describe the parts of the seed, you know, and we see how at some point, some branch sort of starts to come out of one part of the seed. At another point, another thing starts to sprout from the side of it, all on the ground first, some types of roots. So the roots would come out first before you start to see the tree develop on the outside and you start to see leaves, you see fruits on it. Galatians 4, verses 7 and 8, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that is what he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. I need to highlight here. Whether you like it or not, 
Whether I believe it or not, we are sowing. How many people agree? And when it's not a prayer, it's not a confession. It is that as you live your life, the decisions you make are seeds. In fact, we are products of seeds that we have sown in the past. Does anybody agree with that? Where you are right now is an evidence of the kind of seeds, the quality of the seeds you sowed. So, you know how it is when you're in school, you're in uni. You get into uni and you're expected to study and you party, you club all day, all night. And you want to have a great result. I mean, you are, if you are even genius material, at least you need to show up and write exams, right? But you don't write exams and you want to pass. You want to graduate. How is it possible? Let's assume that eventually you recalibrate, you finish with a pass. They let my people go. They chase you out of the school. And then you're trying to get a job. Except for mercy. And we've seen that. We've heard testimonies. Sometimes I listen to testimonies and this is not, I love testimonies. Because they show us what God has the capacity to do. And they encourage us. They strengthen our faith. But sometimes I feel like the testimonies are not complete. So I was blind, now I see. Great. But there's a process in there that we don't hear, right? I don't know how many people feel that way sometimes. There's a journey that maybe out of no time or something, we don't get to hear. There is a process and a journey God takes us through. Sometimes God, we've, put, we've painted him as a magician. And that is not to say that there are no miracles. I am a product of a ton of miracles. So there are miracles. There are acts of mercy and kindness. But God respects the spiritual laws and principles by which the earth is governed, actually. He respects those laws and those principles, too. Which is why we see here, what you sow is what you will reap in manifold measure, plenty. So if you are sowing to the flesh right now, all your efforts are concentrated on what I will eat, what I will drink, what I will wear, how I would look, how many likes I would have, who are my followers on Instagram. If that is all your life is about, have a great job, get married, have kids, and just be all right with plenty of money. Travel around the world. If all you are sowing, the investment of time and energy is being put into just the flesh, scripture says, and not be me talking, it says, will of the flesh reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you would of the Spirit reap everlasting life. The last, uh, today's study, or, well, yesterday's actually, well, two days ago, two days ago and yesterday, in the Purpose Driven Life devotional, we're reminded that life is a trust. Life is a test. Yesterday's one was life is a temporary assignment. And we're not made, uh, we're made to live forever. I'm sure that's probably shocking someone right now. But yes, you and I are made to live forever. However, not in our current state. So there is a time we will transit out of this current state of the body. And we would enter into eternity. Our difference, maybe let's assume that, okay, no, we cannot even use this place. This place is holy ground. We can't use this place to describe where the road to hell. However, there are two, two roads that we'll be taking Two journeys. If you are sowing to the flesh, 
not focusing on the things that God prioritizes, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who made you, the one who has given you a manual to live by. If all the seeds you are sowing right now is just to satisfy the desires of the flesh, well, there's a repercussion because you would reap corruption and corruption leads to death. If you're sowing to the spirit, you would reap eternal life. So in agriculture, farmers understand that seeds remain dormant or inactive until conditions are right for germination. Some of these conditions include location, the right soil type. It includes, you know, the right amount of water and oxygen. It also includes the right temperature and the measure of light. Now, again, you and I are seeds, and I will come to how we need to live very purposefully as seeds. For your seeds to germinate, you must understand and fulfill these necessary conditions. So two things on this teaching. One is the fact that we recognize that we are seeds. And the second is we recognize that we have been embedded with seeds. When God created us, he put in us certain attributes. He put in us certain skill sets, certain callings, certain graces that need to come alive in this season. These things need to emerge. There are some latent um, skills, some latent callings and graces that have not been activated because you have not come into, you have not emerged or evolved into that level where you can begin to deploy them. And God is not a waster of resources. Amen? God doesn't waste resources. Okay? So, number one thing, just four thoughts I will run through very quickly. Number one is, your seed will perform best in the right kind of soil. Your seed will perform best in the right kind of soil. So, it produces, the right soil would produce a conducive environment for your seed to grow, right? How many people remember their biology? What was the kind of soil they said was good for seeds to grow in? Loamy soil. Imagine that you are trying to grow something in sandy soil. You carry sandy soil and you are speaking and speaking and declaring and speaking and declaring. Except, and, I, and again, ex except by an act of divine intervention where God just wants to, <laughs> he doesn't want to shame you. Maybe because you have testified of, <laughs> in, in the presence of brethren, that God can do this thing. So let's begin to speak. Except God just wants to be merciful and just help you. That's when it will happen. But guess what? The God that we serve, he has a great sense of humor. Very great sense of humor. You will be there. You, nothing will happen. Because you have not obeyed the conditions for that to happen. Yeah? So, when you're planting, where are you planting your seeds? That's a question we need to reflect on. The seeds that you have, where are you currently planting them? Someone even needs to ask, what are the seeds that I have? Do you even know? Are you self-aware enough? Have you sat with the Holy Spirit to understand what is that gifting? What is that grace? What is that calling? What is that skill set? Are you self-aware enough to observe just as you do things? What are the things that people say about you a lot that you're skilled at? Have you deployed them to further use, to grow them? Have you nurtured them? You know, and that takes me to the next point. Don't fear pain and pressure. Don't fear pain and pressure. So the first one is your seed will perform best in the right type of soil. And the second is don't fear 
pain and pressure. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4.17, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Light affliction for a moment, but look at the results. Can we look at that scripture again together? So, light affliction, it's just small. Light is something light. Something light. I'm sure someone is here feeling like, my own affliction does not feel like something light. But scripture says to us, no matter what you think it is, it is something light. Amen? Please put that scripture back up, Sal. Light affliction for a moment. So light affliction situated in the context of time is temporal. It's temporary. Your life cannot be determined by your current face. The rest of your life, you cannot make judgments based on the things that you're, the trials and the tribulations you're currently going through. It says it is bought for a moment. Worketh for us, ah, this is KJV. A far more exceeding, look at the outcomes. Far more exceeding. So you would endure light affliction for a short period of time, but it is exceeding weight and eternal glory. So, God is more interested in your character. The reason why some of us are very uncomfortable, and again, think about the seed sowing process. So there's this meme on social media that we start seeing where they would try and explain scriptures from the perspective of the animals. I don't know how many of you have seen that. Yeah? And how that, there was one, I think the one I saw recently was the one of the, of the pig. Some pig, female pig, American, black, black American sounding pig, you know, just gisting her friend. We don't know what the other animal was, but, well, catching up with a friend and speaking about how some crazy dude called Jesus came into a town and just said to the, to the swine, just get out. And I mean, he said to the demoniac, the spirit, said to the, the spirit, the demonic spirit, would you get out? And, and he would go into the swine. And the swine, like, of all places to send the demonic spirits to, the swine. So she was, I mean, but that's not the point. So imagine we could hear the seed speaking about their experience when they have been planted. First of all, I feel like some of them will curse out the farmers. Yeah. Just how they did not treat them, you know, with a lot of, and think about this, what we do. We insult our bosses. When you're catching up with your damn my boss. Can you imagine? I did this work for so long, so many hours. I didn't even get one thank you. The seed too will feel like, with all the potential harvest that I'm bringing, this person just threw me with his left hand. That's a Yoruba seed. He did not even use his right hand. He used left hand to just toss me inside the distance. There's no respect. I will not grow. Just imagine if seeds could speak. But I imagine that there will be this general conversation around ah again i'm going i'm going through this process my grandfather or my uncle that went to this process he produced plenty of children but went through a lot so as i'm in this ground now there will be a lot of depression seeds will be depressed the fact that they're about to be planted 
Because we imagine that it's a painful journey. And we can imagine that it is painful because we, again, as humans, we are seeds. So the pain and the pressure that we undertake in a period of trial or in a period of tribulation or in the process of waiting, we are encouraged and reminded that it is working something out within us. It is working, first of all, for your good. It is working for God's glory so that you can come to that stature that God has. You see, the picture of you that he sees, he needs you, by the time he puts you in your current state beside it, he needs you to measure up. And so he will set, you know, he will bring situations your way. They will come in form of challenging bosses. They could come in form of challenging business ventures. They could come in form of antagonistic people. They could come, whatever. Sometimes it's financial challenges where you are then exercising your faith and absolutely depending on God for provision. I mean, money is such a big deal. Because it's a place where a lot of us struggle to trust God absolutely. And so sometimes God wants to break that mindset we have about money, where we see money as a God. And we see it as if without the money, we cannot live. God says, I'm going to take you on a journey. And I will teach you that this money is under you. Because I could not have created you. Spent the time I, I, I use in fashioning and designing you and putting stuff in you. And you think that the sum total of your life is money. So, you have unique DNA in Christ Jesus that is yet to be unleashed. And we would have, each and every person, we have outstanding accomplishments that need to happen outside of our comfort zone. Some of us, some of us are very comfortable in our current situation. We're very comfortable, you know, just living and existing but we need to come up higher help me tell someone seated beside you you need to come up higher you need to grow you need to evolve and you need to emerge you need to emerge it's so important most people love the limelight in this season yeah in fact yeah, I would say most people because we can't afford to generalize. Some people are really, really comfortable not being in the limelight. But a lot of us, what it is that we want and are striving for is so that we get known, we get recognized. And it's not, it's not a bad thing to just want to blow and let everybody know about you. But that cannot be your agenda. That cannot be your focus. That cannot be the reason why you exist. We are going to have to be comfortable with being forgotten for a while. And let me explain, because that's not a curse. Just in case somebody just said, God forbid, bad thing now. It's not a curse. You see, when the seed goes into the ground, it stays forgotten. Jesus would say that grain of wheat must fall into the ground. Into, must fall into the ground. Otherwise, it, it needs to fall into the ground. It needs to die. It needs to be buried in the ground. Some translation says buried in the ground. The process of us falling into the ground, that is where the work gets done. That is staying in the secret place where you're engaging with God. That is where you develop your skill, your ability. That is the, where, where, where you go to school, you educate, you research. 
where nobody knows what is going on behind the scenes. It's not about Instagram posts. Because when you are then coming up, you see your fruits are evident for all to see. You don't need to make too much noise. You don't even need to make noise. The fruit that you will produce, scripture speaks about fruits of righteousness, they will be evident for all to see. The results that you will produce, people will not know the hard work that went into it. People will know the pain, the sweat, the tears. But it's working. It's working out. An eternal weight of glory that God wants to release and unleash into the world. But half the time, we are unwilling to follow through with the process. We are unwilling to take the pain and just journey with God on specific issues and specific areas of our lives. And I pray that as we're going through this, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in those specific areas where you need to fall into the ground. Someone needs to say to themselves, this particular area, I need to fall into the ground and just hide myself. Work on this idea. Work on this thing. Work on my character. It's not about putting yourself out there. And I know we say this when we do like uh, relationship conversations. You want to marry. You have to put yourself out there. You have to network. You have to know people. You have to be seen. But God is drawing you. He's talking at your hem and saying, guy, auntie, this, can you marry you? Let's start from there. The way you are, can you put yourself in a house with someone? Will you marry yourself? So for as long as you can, that means there's work you need to do. Hide fall into the ground, get the work done. Okay, so building foundations for lasting, long-lasting edifices can sometimes look like you are going in the wrong direction. That's what it looks like sometimes. You see, because when we want to build, we look at the board, we look at very exotic buildings in the world. Or if you want to build in a coastal area, if you ask the likes of Sam here, architects in the house, the amount of work you have to do with the foundation, depending on the area. Some of us, our lives are like coastal areas. The kind of foundation we need to dig is different from, <laughs> it's different from areas where the land is, I mean, it's not as swampy or anything like that. But yet, you don't want to do the work. We don't, let me say we. We don't want to put in the work. We don't want to follow through with the process. But we want to look like budge. We want to look like Twin Towers. We want to be beautiful and shiny on the outside without putting in the work that is needed. The third thing, nurture your seed. Nurture your seed. Draw water and oxygen because that's what the seed does when it's in the ground. It's finding nutrients, which is why a seed can be sown or planted by a farmer and die and not produce anything. It is in the right ground, but it is lacking nutrients because the farmer forgot to water it. The seeds would naturally draw from the provisions of the earth. But certain types of seeds require diligence, the right temperature. In a dormant state, seeds need water and oxygen to grow. A world-class surgeon who performs a life-saving procedure in one hour. So think about it. The band will come here. 
And they will do a special song for five minutes. Let me use what we can all see and relate to. Special song, five minutes or seven minutes max. But they would have spent countless hours rehearsing to get the, the lyrics right, to get the musical notes right, to ensure there's alignment and there's a sync between the musicians, the vocalists, and all. When you are ill-prepared for an opportunity, it shows. It shows. And God wants to bring opportunities our ways this year. He's a God of countless opportunities and countless possibilities. But you and I need to be prepared to be able to embrace those. It's not when the opportunity shows up that you start to prepare. You prepare ahead. You prepare ahead. I'm reminded of a story that I heard uh, someone share this morning, you know, at the Lekki Church there. And he said there were some missionaries who were going to some island to go and win souls for Jesus. Again, great cause, very great, because that's what we've been called to. And so these guys spent months praying, fasting, declaring, casting, binding, and whatever other things we do in place of prayer. They did this for a period, and then they embarked on their journey. And so the person who was taking them to this island by, by sea, they decided to ask the person, oh, okay, so how many people live on that island? So we even have an idea of the harvest that God will give us. And the person said, that island, I thought you guys were going there for a picnic. Nobody lives there. Did you hear that? Nobody lives there. So they have spent time. Now, I don't know if this is true, because I would weep for them if it was true. Or maybe somebody just made this up. But hey, before we chuckle, think about your life. Let me think about mine too. Are there times that I am ill-prepared? Some of us go for interviews. We don't even look at the website of the company. We don't research about the company we're going for. I've conducted so many interviews in my life that I have rolled my eyes several times. When you ask people just very basic questions, you expect that by reason of research, you should have access to this information. Some people don't even read DJD. How about that? So before we are quick to insult the missionaries, who spends time fasting and praying? Some of us. Opportunities. We will anoint ourselves. We will anoint our CV. And we will not do what is important. We will pray. We will fast. We will intercede. We will submit prayer points in church. That this job, I want to get it. But you know next to nothing about the job. We are depending on the miraculous. As though God were a magician. So, don't be afraid to pay the price required to nurture and grow your seeds. The last one, take up your cross. Take up your cross. Seeds grow over time and not overnight. And this speaks to the need for patience. The need for patience. This year, as we will emerge, we need to trust God enough to journey with him, to journey at his pace and to use his time. A lot of us follow the time of the world. We follow the timing and the trends of the world. We check what is going on, what is popular. And it is okay to know. You see, that, that knowledge, what it should do to you, is not to put you under pressure, but to help you, you know, recalibrate properly and just say to God, God, this is what the world is saying. This is what the world is doing. This is the time 
in the world. But I trust you because I know that I am coming out of this process refined and purified, very well enabled to be able to take on my calling and my next level, that I will not make a mess of it. I will not get into it prematurely so that I will not be a disgrace to you and to me. So, Scripture says in Hebrews 10, 36, For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You may receive the promise. Galatians uh, 6, verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I pray for each and every one of us that in this year, as we emerge, as God takes us through journeys, as he takes us through processes that would enable us be pruned, that would enable us, you know, produce great fruits, that we will not lose hearts in the name of Jesus. Scripture says, the last scripture for that, it says in Luke 8, 15, but the ones, that's the seed, and we read this scripture two weeks ago, the seeds that fell on the good ground are those who haven't heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience, with patience. Tell someone seated beside you, be patient. God is on top of your matter. God's got you. So, patience builds character. Don't be in a hurry. In conclusion, when you think of your entire life as a seed, the best ground or soil to be planted is Christ. Scripture would speak about us being buried with Christ. Paul would extensively in the Pauline scriptures speak about us being buried with Christ, being hid in Christ. would speak about us being crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. The life that I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is who you and I are as seeds. We are planted in Christ. We have been sown in Christ. So that we can produce great fruits, fruits of righteousness. So we can reap a bountiful harvest of righteousness. Because that is what matters to God. When you put this in the context of the transient and the temporal nature of our lives here on earth. God does not want us to be, you know, just eternity focused and earthly useless. All of the giftings, all of the abilities he's put in us is so that we can deploy them to use here. Make this world a better place. Make that place, that, that sphere of influence he has put you, making it a better place. And in addition, just growing our deposits in, in the kingdom. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? What are the seeds you're going to put into the earth this year? The best kind of soil where seeds are essentially supposed to be planted is in Christ Jesus so that we can be raised to resurrection. Christians are called to see their lives as seeds planted in Christ that we may experience the power of resurrection that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, lives in us. So nothing is permitted to be dead around us. Nothing is permitted to be latent. That our eyes are open to see the things that we need to deploy into the earth. So a seed will not remain a seed forever. Just as we saw, once it's put in the right soil, once the conditions are right, the conditions of our lives need to be right so that we can produce. Can we pray?
Can we pray? Scripture says in Psalm 92, verse 13 and 14, it says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. So, our capacity to produce is not limited. It is unlimited. It says to your old, to your gray, you have the potential to be fruitful. You have the potential to be fruitful. So I want you to declare over yourself, I am investing myself in God. Can we say that together? I am investing myself in God. I am investing in myself for the harvest that I want to see. Would you begin to open your mouth and declare that you recognize your seed this year in the name of Jesus and that you as seed, you remain planted in God because that is the place of fruitfulness. You remain planted in Christ. You are hid in Christ by God that you remain planted. You will not relocate yourself this year out of pressure, out of, uh, you know, trying to do what is popular, out of trying to please people. You will not relocate yourself from your place of planting. In the name of the Lord Jesus, where God has planted you, where God has planted you in your career, where he has planted you in business, whatever industry it is that he has called you to, where he has planted you in family, where he has planted you, the works of your hands in every area, in your church, your local assembly, that you will not relocate yourself out of offense. You will not relocate out of, out of pain. You will not be weak and unable to handle the pressure that comes with planting. In the name of Jesus, Someone needs to declare over themselves, I am built, I'm strengthened, I have the stamina for the process. In the name of Jesus, I will not cut short the process. Declare over yourself, I will not cut short the process. In the name of Jesus, scripture says in Psalm 126 verses 5 and 6, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goes forth and weeps, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. With rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So would you declare in the name of the Lord Jesus that you are fruitful. The seeds you have sown in tears that you are rejoicing this year. In the name of Jesus, you will not limit God. You will not limit him in everything that he has proposed to do for you. In every area, every area that he is planning to establish you. In the name of Jesus, pray for grace to sow the right seeds for a harvest of righteousness that will glorify God. Someone needs to make that de declaration. I receive the grace to sow the right seeds this year. That will glorify you and will produce a harvest of righteousness. In the name of Jesus, someone needs to pray against greed. Pray against greed. Because greed is doing a lot in our generation and causing people to undertake measures, to scheme, to, 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 to undertake um, opportunities and, and um, yeah, opportunities that are not necessary, that are ungodly, that God doesn't approve of. Would you declare that that is not you? Pray in the name of Jesus that your heart is preserved. Remember, we started by praying for our hearts, the state of our heart. That your heart is preserved from greed. In the name of Jesus, you will not be hasty and miss God. You will not run ahead of Him. Pray against any form of personal aggrandizement or selfish agenda. That your flesh will not continually dictate the journey of your life. You will not function with just your five senses. Someone is to declare that. This year, I function beyond my five senses. I am led by the Spirit of God. I walk by the Spirit. I do not fulfill the dictates of the flesh. I will not sow to the flesh this year because I am reaping an eternal harvest. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We give you all praise. 
In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. I want to give someone an opportunity very quickly. We've spoken quite extensively about the fact that we are seeds and we are also, uh, we, we are filled with seeds that God wants us to deploy on the earth. So if you're here, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. We want to give you an opportunity to come into this loving relationship. We want you to enjoy what it is that we're enjoying. We want you to come into light. So you may even have known him prior to now. You may have given your heart to him, but you are strayed from him. If that is you with all eyes closed and heads bowed all across the room, we will give you the privacy of the moment while we pray along with you, trusting God that you will come into this decision and you will be enabled by his spirit to live for him. But if that is you, do you want to just put up your hand? We want you to put up your hand so we can recognize you, so we can put a, a, a card in your hand and support you on this journey with resources that would be beneficial to you. If that is you, I would lead you in a prayer. And if you're online as well, you want to give your heart to Jesus, would you please just put it in the comment section there and our ministers online will reach out to you. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that I am lost without you. So I'm asking you today to save me. I accept your love. I receive your forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, I receive your spirit. And I ask that your spirit will help me to live a life that pleases you. That I will be strengthened to journey with you. I receive the right support system. That I am planted in you. I am heeding you. I attract wisdom. And I attract my teachers in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for everyone who has said this prayer. We commit them into your hands. We ask God that you will preserve them. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we rejoice with the host of heavens concerning this ones. And we thank you, Father, because we know that you will keep them from falling. You would support them with everything they require for life and for godly living. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. And the church says, Amen. Can we put our hands together and celebrate Jesus? First of all, for yourself and the light that you have received. And secondly, for everyone who has given their hearts to him. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.